What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another Let's Talk Sports show Sunday morning chat with the boys here. My name is Tanner Dawson of the Sports Buffoons and Let's Talk Sports, of course. Guys, what a, you know, kind of what a night. What What's some news that came around? You know, we had the US, UFC 291 going on. We had the boxing match going on. Uh, there was some breaking, you know, MLB trade trade deadline news that popped in as well. About time to we hear something. Uh, and then some uh, Ursaid sipping on that whiskey or rum, something like that, pretty heavily going at it, talking on his Twitter. So I can't wait to talk with the guys about this. We got quite the great show, which should be joining us later as well. Uh, we'll get his thoughts as well on the fights. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're what today's the 30th. So one more day guys. And then Tuesday night is the first night of fantasy football after dark. That's right. It's going to be me out there doing mock drafts and best ball drafts and fancy drafts for the month of August. I'll, I'll always after 9 PM, uh, after our show, most likely uh, on, on everything else. So, you know, it's going to be awesome for every night. So make sure you guys tune in there. Uh, more info to post there on my Twitter at LTS.Tanner. So anyways, let's get some of these guys in here so we can, we get some talking here. Let's bring in the guy uh, who, who likes to bet around. I'm curious how he did. I, I listened to Wit on a few stuff. Uh, he didn't help me out on any of my bets. And then one got canceled. So let's bring him in, Mr. Scott Cobb. Scott, what's, what's up, dude? Up? What's up, Tanner? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. What a eventful evening it was last night. It sure was. Uh, I know Alan's been popping champagne corks almost because <laughs> he got Max Scherzer. But um, yeah, it was a great. It was a, a huge night last night for news. I got I got more for that as well. By the way, uh, to come into play. I mean, I got I got a rant for for this uh, for this whole issue there. Yeah. Like, Mets organization, so I can't wait yeah. to get into that a little more. Yeah, and then Jonathan Grishman's been saying all along that the Mets, the Mets organization, has been the worst organization running baseball this year, based yeah. on what they did and stuff like that. So, and I believe them hundred percent. They they have been awful. It's like Scherzer wanted to have a meeting, and the, the front office was like, "No, nope, we're going to trade you. See you later, buddy. We don't we don't want to talk to you. You can go to Texas." So. Right, I know it's it's insane. It's yeah. it's nuts. There. I can't wait. We'll get into it a lot more with the guys here. Uh, yeah. Let's bring in the, the the next best one here of this group here. I think Mr. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, what's going on, man? I I appreciate that intro. There, I'm like, just, I'll, I'll, I'll take second best. Post, you know, even though you know what what did what did uh what did Bobby say from uh Talladega Nights? If you ain't first, you last. That's so right. I guess, I guess, <laughs> I'll take it though, but um. No, nah, it was it was it was a fun night uh, of sports. Um, that Crawford, you know, what I'm saying that Crawford fight was 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 wild. Um, I wasn't expecting a, a dominant performance like that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the UFC was a lot of fun. Um, and shout out to to Allen. I know they got uh, Max Scherzer. Um, hopefully, he doesn't perform the way he has lately uh, for the Mets because that hasn't exactly been great. Uh, but you're talking about one of the greatest pitchers of all time, so. Um, and you want him to perform in the playoffs, and and I think that he will step up. But part of the, you know, what you were talking about with the Mets, um, this has to go down as one of the worst, you know, what I'm saying seasons ever. I mean, talk about the highest payroll ever, um, and you're basically having to sell off pieces uh, before you know, saying, you know, right? Oh, what are they? I, what are they? What are they like I, I eight games, eight games back, and they're they're like six or seven games under five hundred. I mean, like, talk about a total. 
I, I got a rant shit show of a season for them, teams. bro. I got three teams to rant about in, in the in this just based off this trade alone. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing that, but don't don't get too excited, Alan. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, uh, good luck to you, but no, hopefully he, he does perform. Hopefully he does perform, right. and like I said, he, he's a big time pitcher, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that definitely helps their chances out. John, you, you know, as a you know as a as a fan of the team or a player on the team, what do you want to see management do? You want to see them make moves to 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 help you to to solidify that management is in it with you. And the Texas Rangers have done that this this trade deadline. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've they've solidified to the players that hey, we're in this with you. We want to win with you. So, um, you know, let's yeah, go. No, for I, I think that, I think that was a great. Uh, that's a great move for Texas. I mean, even even just going and getting and getting the, the Chapman, just doing anything. I mean, they yeah, they, they told their yeah they they out. told their right they told their team, hey, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to take advantage of this of this you know the season we're having. Um, yeah. I, I'm all for that, man. I mean, you you never know what's gonna happen in the playoffs, man. And if you have an opportunity to to get in there and make something happen, then I think you you go all in. I know people, oh well, you know we had this plan. F a five year plan or whatever. You know, what I'm saying if you if your team is ahead of schedule or whatever, and you have an opportunity, go for it because because you never right. know. You, know, you don't know what's, what's going to happen next year. Year after. I even have an apology to make. Like this is this is such a big rant. I got apologies in there. Like it, it's insane. Like I can't wait. I'm about to say we, we might want to bring on the, the next let's, person. Yeah, let's, you, let's you can go our, ahead and get that get that out of your system, bro. Let's, let's bring on our main host, heading to the best team in the AL of MLB today. <laughs> Uh, gets to watch a pretty <laughs> epic matchup with the Twins uh, as he visits Kaufman there. Uh, here, Nick Hawkins. You know, he's going uh, he, he didn't want to show up. Yeah, he's in the valley someplace. <laughs> there we go. It was perfect timing, too. I love it. Uh, Sam won't be making it. He has some stuff going on. Uh, you know, you know your buddy. That's for Shout sure. He'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll, we'll keep things rolling there. All right, well... While Nick decides to try to show up, let's talk about it here, right? I, I want to get into it. Max Scherzer <laughs> from the New York Mets traded to the Texas Rangers. Uh, Mets will pay 38, I believe it is, of the 52 yeah. Yeah. Uh, as well for the rest of the season. Uh, the Texas Rangers getting the arm, another arm they needed in the bullpen. Obviously, their offense is fine. And getting the arm in the bullpen. They made great offseason moves as well. To get yeah, guys, you know, they got DeGrom, it didn't work out because of the, you know, just the freak injury uh, there. So, but I mean, you went out and got another Met and it should work out for him. Who's pitching at a very high level this year? Uh, Scott, let me give me a little bit about Scherzer here. What what do we think? What are we liking about him this year so far? And what do you project going through the rest of the season? So Scherzer's that that guy that can get you. Oh, wait a minute. Here he is. There he is. Scherz is the guy that can get you six or seven innings anytime he goes out with ten strikeouts. Um, he's the solidifying and calming influence on the Texas rotation because Evaldi has been struggling lately. So he, his gas tank is on E right now, basically. And then you got question marks with Keeney, with Martin Perez, and with Dane Dunning. So what Scherzer does is basically once every five days gives you that number one stud at the top of the rotation that can get you, like I said, seven innings, 10 Ks um, and stuff like that. That's what I like about it. What I don't like about it is he's over 40 years old. He's at, he's had a recent injury history that suggests that down the stretch of seasons, he hasn't performed to the level that 
we know Max Scherzer can perform to. So to me, getting him is a great sign for the Rangers, but I'm a little bit nervous that his 40-year-old body is going to give out at some point here down the st- stretch. He's had neck injuries. He's he's had a, a myriad of other little nagging injuries that have cropped up. So to me, Texas has got a kind of, you know, six innings and then that's it, and then go to the bullpen. So, right. you know, you just need that number one starter because once you get in the playoff series, you need that bedrock guy. That it's it's absolutely that you can go to and say, okay, here's our number one. Go beat them. They, go beat they got them. number one now, and they yep. also have the the you know back end your closer now with Chapman. Like you yep. got your two pieces now, you can just figure out how do you want to maneuver your your middle guys between everybody else, and exactly. I, it, it's massive. It, it is massive. All right, Nick. Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you ready? Are you excited to go see the best team in baseball, dude? <laughs> I, I watched that last night. I watched that on Friday night when the Cubs beat the Cards, baby. Uh, uh, with that, with that Rava home run, walk off, and then a walk off. Um, it, it, I, I, I turned to my buddy Craig when it hit off the bat. I said, "Oh fuck, here it is again." The third time in a row, I've watched the Cubs live losing off a walk off, <laughs> and um, then he. When he caught it, I, we both – it was like when we won the World Series all over again. I was like, he caught it. He caught it. Like, I mean, it was insane. Uh, it was a heck of a catch. Everybody in the stadium thought it was a home run. And then when he caught it, I couldn't believe it. I want to chime in on that Scherzer trade. I don't – I mean, I get why the Rangers did it. Uh, the Mets got to eat a lot of money. So, it's wow. smart for the Rangers. I don't – who knows how good this Acuna uh, kid is. That's a question we'll have to ask Jonathan on Monday night. Uh, tomorrow night, but man, like Scott just listed, why all the questions about Max Scherzer? Like we've been bashing the Mets for having two forty-year-old pitchers, and you yeah. look at Scherzer's numbers; they haven't been great. Uh, you know, first time he's going back to the American League, I think since what the Tiger days, so it's been a while. Yep. But you know, it, it seems that it hasn't been working out for him. I mean, his ERA is over four, so how much of a bona fide starter number one guy is he? But they had to make a move. He was available. They don't have to pay him all the money. And he's not just a rental, right? Like he opted into his contract already uh, for to 2024. So yep. uh, there's that. So they got him next year. And then, they, you know, he'll kind of replace it until DeGrom comes back. But we'll see because I'm just not all in on Max Scherzer. He's 40, ERA of four. And there's a lot of innings and a lot of miles on that body. Alex and here's, and here's the point in Philip Prospect in his. And here's the point that Nick just made. That's key. If Degrom is healthy, this trade never happens. Never happens. Mm, no. So because Degrom is out for the year, Texas felt like we got to go get that top line starter again. Right. Let's so let's let's come back to the Scherzer deal because uh, I got more. I I got way more for it. Uh, <laughs> way more. Can't wait for it. Uh, Nick, listen, I want to. I know you don't have a lot of time here because you're going to be going into into nowhere, Missouri soon. Uh, what's what was your? I guess give me two fights last night because I'm going to ask Wit as well for a couple fights as well. But what were two fights of your highlights last night that you thought was maybe a surprise or or definitely like exactly how exactly how it was planned? Uh, so the, the the main event was a surprise. I went four and one on the main card on my pick. So. Uh, I had Justin Poirier in that first round. It was I thought that's kind of how the fight was going to go. It looked like Justin was just going to try to chop Dustin down. Uh, I mean, he was just hitting him with them leg kicks. Uh, and then 
I mean, but set up that that kick to the head. And maybe Poirier didn't quite go into the shadow realm, but he damn near opened the door. And then they were like, uh, he kind of woke up and was like, I don't want to walk into the shadow realm yet. But because he kind of caught back, popped up uh, early. So, I mean, Justin Gaethje's that dude. Uh, I mean, it was just a nasty leg kick to the head. Uh, that was insane. I really thought I was kind of – Alex Pereira, man, I told you guys he was going to be a problem. Uh, Jan tried to wrestle him, and the defense uh, the defense really stopped. His defense on the ground really helped him out, uh, and he proved. And he just kind of chopped it down. It was a, raise, it was a close fight. I thought it was going to be a finish, but, uh, you know, Jan really closed that distance and then just had a goose egg, you know, the size of freaking Texas on his leg where Alex was uh, chopping his leg down. So, it looks like takedowns were zero of zero for Piera on that one. Is that normal? Yeah, Piera's not trying to take people down. It was Jan trying to take him down. Yeah, we got uh, an eight, took, yeah. And took him down in the first. But the defense of Piera is because he's been known not to be a wrestler at all uh, and, and have struggled there. And so there's that. Uh, I might lose you down here because I uh, – but. Uh, <laughs> As soon as he said it, he's gone. Uh, he's, uh, I guess he's in, he's in nowhere, Missouri now. Missouri. I guess he made, he made it. Yeah, Canada knows all those nowhere, Missouri type of type of areas. Kansas, Missouri. I mean, you get in the wrong, like the right area, you're you're not gonna be here anywhere. I, I was I was shocked about the main event last night. How, 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 that quickly, how quickly that, that ended, how much that Gaethje uh, took it to him. I, yeah. I thought that was going longer, and Gaethje just said, nope, we're not having it. Boom, out, see you later. Bye, buddy. It was <laughs> a beautiful gone. kick, and it was it was perfectly set up where he you know he faked the little jab, the right-handed jab, and it just came with a kick right after it. Just it, uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't it, it was I wasn't expecting that. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I'm gonna quickly. ask uh, it was fun when, when he gets on, we'll ask him about uh Michael Pierre cancellation last minute, right? With, yeah. with being overweight, or he, yep. he gained like 30 yeah. pounds. After weighing, like that's that's wild. He's gonna start going to McDonald's. I'm a big man. Uh, we'll ask him about the boxing matchup with Crawford and that, uh, as well as what his thoughts are. I know he watched that pretty closely in another fight there. But all right, Nick's back here. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then the, real quick, the interview of the night has to be Derek Lewis. Uh, gets propped to the main card. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's 265 pounds. He needed to win. He was on a three fight skid there. Uh, throws a flying knee in the first five seconds, uh, like a lightweight. Uh, and then just the, the great interview, the pants take off. It's known for the interviewers, balls are hot. Uh, takes off his pants, throws the cup in the crowd, uh, tells his wife he's going to come home busting guts. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Derek Lewis is an incredible fighter, but he's also an incredible personality. And that's what keeps him around uh, in the UFC. It was a fun night of fights. Uh, nothing really quite surprised me. I, I told you Tony Ferguson was going to lose. Yep. I mean, that was kind of surprising. Uh, but that was it, boys. I'm going to hop off here because I'm in. Uh, I'm getting in the middle of uh, absolutely nowhere. So. Uh, All right. I'm well, have watch, fun. Be uh, safe. Right. Have, Royals, have uh, fun, bro. Royals win. You guys have a good rest of the show. I'll catch y'all later, boys. See you later. Be safe. All right. Well, we'll talk more. Uh, we'll get more UFC 291 recap in the boxing matchup uh, of Crawford Spence uh, and all that uh, later on, guys, with Wit once he gets on. So keep tuned for that if you're interested in that. All right, guys, let's get back to it. Let's get back to the Scherzer deal, right? 
I'm gonna start my little rant here for a minute. Uh, Rangers. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware. Uh, Royals kind of cleaned house in a way. Didn't get rid of all the right people yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but Dayton Moore, Dayton Moore, and I believe one other guy went to the Texas Rangers this offseason. This is a guy in 2014 and 15 that traded out for Ben Zobrist. Uh, you also had the guy that pitched last night for, I can't th- remember which team, uh, but now I can't remember his name. He rocks back and forth and he gets the dreads. He played for the Reds. We got him from the Reds. Uh, Johnny Cueto? Johnny Cueto. So we, we had Cueto. You had Shields sign on, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. they built he built this this team through offseason moves and the in-season trades as well to make it competitive in 14 and 15 for the World Series each year. He goes, he leaves the Royals this offseason, gets fired. Uh, Sherman fires him, keeps JJ Piccolo for some goddamn reason, but whatever. Uh, and he goes to the Texas Rangers, the Rangers team that wasn't very good this last last year, right? The last couple of years, it hasn't been very good. That been older guys and you know, guys just getting injured and it just hasn't worked out for them. Horrible pitching. Well, they go out and make a move, right? You get Jason Grom. Uh, they go out and make a couple other moves, some free agency, kind of build this offense up, you know, get a little smarter coach, everything, coaching staff and everything. And now you see them back into contention leading this division with Dayton Moore. Dayton Moore goes out now. He makes a move for Chapman from his former team, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, and then he goes out and does this with Max Scherzer. This is where my apology comes in. Dayton, I'm sorry. I blamed you for the last, what has it been now, almost 10 years, uh, nine years, 10 years almost, so of not be able to put it again, put it together a winning team again. Found out that wasn't you. That is the ownership of the Royals, not wanting to do anything uh, just like they did the last 30 years. By the way, quick fact. Do you remember before 2014 when the Kansas City Royals made the last playoffs, the last playoff appearance? Wasn't the George Brett days, was it? Yeah. I Wow. 1980 wow. was the last time, wasn't it? 1985, the last time. I want to say, was it 85 or 86? So wow. 84, 84, 85, we, we made the World Series or uh, playoffs in 84. We won the World Series in 85. There it's was, copy. yep. There was not a playoff appearance until 2014. Wow! Wow! Jeez! Wow! Jeez! And like you saw, but it, it was like they weren't the the rest of the 80s. So 88, uh, 86, 87, 88, 89. They all had winning records. Yeah. Just I mean, one of right. them was in the 90s, but at that time though, it wasn't that no big. wild card. Yeah, so it was right. no wild card. Yeah, it was no wild card. Yeah. But, but as soon as you hit the 90s. You're you're back in it. You're back in the 30s, 40s, 50s wins, and it. Yeah. Uh, I just admit, like looking at it, I'm just like, no way. Like I expect, you know, maybe I missed it because I I was born 89. Like maybe I just, you know, maybe we made it in like 88 or something. No, we hadn't made a playoff no. since right. 85. From to 85 2014, we weren't in a wild card. We weren't in a playoff. Nothing. So right. wow. And right. so all right. So that was my apology to Dayton Moore, by the way, because I've. I felt it was him. I felt it was him holding us back. He just wanted to keep his guys, wanted to keep, you know, who he wanted, essentially. And turns out he wasn't able to make those moves. So, again, now we're down to this path of the Royals, you know, maybe going another 30 years until we see a playoff appearance, you know. And if it leads to the World Series, I guess so. But, I, you know, I, I don't want to be 63 by then 
of when this happens. I'd like to see some, you know, at least some kind of competitive advantage. But anyways, go back to what I'm saying. Dayton Moore, he knows how to put together a World Series team. He did that, you know, came in, I think he came in like 10, 2010. Uh, starting getting together uh, prospects, you got Milwaukee, Kane, uh, Milwaukee got, you know, Brian and Nedios from there as well. A couple other guys. Essentially what led to this build of a 2014 World Series team. Yeah. Exactly what he's doing now in Texas, year one. The Texas owner, uh, you know, hey, we got a great new stadium, you know, we built a few years ago. Let's put some let's put some butts in those seats and let's get a winning program going. And that's what Dayton Moore is doing right now. Meanwhile, the Royals are out here competing for possibly a record loot like franchise record, but also almost record Brooks uh, record books losing season without Dayton Moore his first year at possibly losing right now 116 games, which is putting them in the top I believe top five. Uh, 1892 was the Cleveland. Oh, I can't remember the name. It was some weird name, but they lost 123 games. So uh, that was the, that's the record. But it's this is how bad it is. And now the New York Mets, Dayton Moore breaking the New York Mets one more time because he did that in 2004, uh, 2015 when we beat them in the World Series. Har- uh, Harvey was never the same. Uh, you know, that the, the whole team pretty much dissipated and then they sucked. Syndergaard never was the same uh, after that, after that squad. So Dayton Moore is, I think, the key of this whole whole deal. A guy that knows what he wants, knows how to do it, knows how to build if you give him the right resources and the right permissions to be able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. This is my rant. I, I'm As a Royals fan, I'm kind of ticked about it. And it as we go about this downtown stadium even more on, on this way, like this is, this is, this is upsetting uh, to, to, to me as, uh, as we continue about it, but that's my rant guys. I mean, I mean you're, you're, in Kansas, you're in Kansas city, Tanner. So yes. this yes. new stadium, how, how long do you think it is before the fans just say after the new stadium's built, well, the product on the field is not as good. We're not going to the new stadium because the first year, you know, they're going to sell it out every day, every game because it's a new stadium. But after yeah, that, yep, yep, and yep. and that you you got to hope it's the whole season. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because if they're if they're total crap, then I mean maybe well, the first couple months will be sold out. Thirty whatever, years but. without a freaking playoff appearance, right? That's in this organization, That's really in this organization, you changed the owners right after the World Series because David Glass had a health issue. Ended up passing away a year or two after the uh, 2015 World Series, but you were yeah, never man. competitive after 2015. You got rid of a Hosmer, Mustakas, Gordon. Uh, you know all the Gordon ended up retiring uh, two years later. Uh, yep. Salvi was the only guy you retained. You never yeah. retained your guys. Never kept your guys for you know two or three more years to see. Hey, maybe we can at least make a playoff appearance. No, it was like, hey, you know we're full. Go in. Here's two years of it. All right. See you guys, we're not paying your paying your butts anymore, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and just uh, trash this place. And now, what they're doing with Kaufman, so he can get a stadium downtown, is uh, the the sound like the sound levels aren't there. It looks messy. It's never like it's never this messy in, in Kaufman, and it's it's unfortunate that it's it's going this way. And it's all I'll look, I I think as a city right now. Like we can be a baseball city. We supported the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Chiefs on the same day during the playoffs for the Royals. We had a Chiefs game at noon. We filled that stadium, of course. 
And then that night was the one of the wild card games, or not the wild card game. It was it was one of the playoff games, and we filled that whole stadium. We filled that whole stadium for the whole year. 2016 was almost kind of the same way, even though we weren't going to the playoffs. But it's now the same old, same old. It's the, it's right. the issue, here, right? Right. And and no, I'll say it's that. Go ahead. Good. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely a, a baseball city, man. I mean, the, the, the Royals are, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm shocked by that by that stat there for the, the, the 30 years of, of no playoff appearances. but No winning um, records from right. 1990 Not to 2013. No winning There you go. There you go. For all you spoiled-ass Yankee fans who want to bitch and moan, we haven't had a losing record right. in over 30 years now. So right. stop bitching because it could be so much worse. Um, and, and, but, yeah, it goes to show that you never know if it's really the GM or if it's the owner just doesn't want to spend money because you guys had some good young a good young core that they could have locked up a few years earlier. You could have locked up you know, three or four guys. You have to get the whole That's career. what I'm saying, right. Yeah, so they got cheap, and I think they just signed Gordon and Salvi, and I think, like you mentioned, Gordon wound up retiring a couple years later. But, um yeah, I mean, if, if the owner don't want to put money into the team, you know, you, you catch lightning in a bottle. Like you said, the, the GM put some good pieces together and you went on that run for those couple of years. And it, it's similar to like what Miami did. They, they went on those, you know, saying those couple of World Series runs in, in, in 96 or 97, 97, and then 2003. And then, shit, you know, completely dismantled the team mm-hmm. um, right after winning those World Series. And it's just like, how do you expect the fan base to like show loyalty to your team when? When they know that this is what you're going to do. So and this, and this the rough, other thing is, is this, is George Brett, Salvi Perez, lifelong Royals who have mm-hmm. done everything for your organization for their whole career, and you treat them like this. You won right. World Series, and then George Brett's teams went down the hill at the end of his career. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, you now have a nucleus of young talent led by Bobby Witt Jr. Mm-hmm. that – could be really, really good in about three, three, four, five years, and they're not going to do any do right by any of those guys. They're just going to say, "Hey, we're we're going to try to build a new stadium. If we do, great. We're going to get seats in the seats in the butts in the stands for a year. We're going to make all this money because of the new stadium. But after that, it's going to go right back downhill again, and it's going to be fifteen thousand at every every. I feel bad for Nick. He's going to see the Royals and Twins play. Yeah. Those teams I don't know. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know if they actually put butts in the seats because right now at Coffin, you can get tickets as low as five, sometimes you know, free wow. for a lot of wow. places that will just give it away. But All if right. you put a new stadium in, those five dollar tickets go up to fifteen to twenty five to mm-hmm. thirty five, right? I mean that yeah. you're not gonna just send out tickets for five bucks, right? And right. so right. I don't I don't necessarily know they they get seats or the butts in the seats as soon as they want with a losing team like this. I look. I'm still, I'm still at the point where I wouldn't be surprised if he gets rejected. If the tax, you know, the county rejects it, uh, taxpayers reject it, and we see the Royals go somewhere else, I, wow. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be a shame. That would be a shame. It would be a shame for as yeah, much look- history as we've had with these guys. The patience right, yeah. we've had this with this franchise, uh, let alone this owner since 2016, 17. Uh, you know, and all he all he's done is, you know, like I, I don't blame the players, right? It's not the players' fault. You got to put what you, you know, what you got to go out and play anyways. But you're you're not putting a winning product on the field. You're not buying in. You're not getting these guys uh, that you know. You're not going to spend money 
in, in the franchise. You're not showing like, hey, we can do something. And the, the most recent comment, I believe from JJ, was uh, it was something about, I think it was trading Salvi or no, it wasn't. It was talking about the trade deadline coming in uh, to the media. And he goes, yeah, we're not sure which direction we want to go here yet. Like they have a chance for a wild card or something like in their minds. They don't want to sell for prospects or anything like that. They want to keep what they have because, because they're so comfortable and, and you can't do that as a franchise. You can't, if you're, what are we now? 25 wins and you're going past the R star break and you're going to the trade deadline. Now that's, yeah. that's a move for you don't have the right pieces. It's time to sell. And you brought up all your pieces pretty much already. Yeah, and, but, but JJ Piccolo, the, the team president or whatever you want to call him now, it's, oh, well, we, we don't know what we're, which direction we want to go yet as we enter Tuesday. I mean, the history the craziest of that, statement. The history of that organization, don't forget, Kauffman Stadium was an artificial turf field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why was it? Because you had guys like Willie Wilson, Vince Coleman, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in you know, in his in his speed, end of his speed, career, speed. he had speed, speed, speed. Where these guys would just hit the ball in the gap, and it'd be on third base. You had George Brett, Frank White, Brett Saberhagen. You had all these guys for the Royals in the in the heyday, and now you're just basically saying to Perez and Witt, you know, Granky's past his prime. I get that. Yeah, you're basically saying, you know, Prado, uh, all these guys, Melendez. I'm going to slap you in the face. These guys will never sign extensions in Kansas City. No, why, would, why would you? Right. I don't, I don't no, want Granky. I think Granky returned because, you know, he was like, oh, well, I'm comfortable where I'm at. He's, he's right. a weird guy, right, though? Yeah. I, that's yeah. I mean. uh, but we'll get into it a little bit as well. But it's similar to like a Colts right now where it's like, why would you want to play for a guy that wants to move, you know, who doesn't buy into your system? Why would you want to play exactly. for a management system of where it is? And, I think that's where we're sitting at right now. It's, it's these players don't think they can get opportunities elsewhere. I mean, we see, uh, oh my lord, I can't remember his freaking name. He plays for the Orioles now, and he goes out there and starts raking for the Orioles. Uh, O'Hearn, okay. O'Hearn, okay. Uh, O'Hearn, yeah. yeah. And, and like he's in the starting lineup. Like I'm, I'm seeing this oh, guy hit. Like he was like in the top high twos. This is a guy that we cut because we wanted to give Prado. We want to get some other guys a chance. And I don't yeah. think it's their, their faults either. Uh, you know that it's not it's not the players' faults, all right. They're just giving what they what they can do. It's mm-hmm. it's the opportunities that we could be making trade wise, making me you know building the franchise, but we don't want to spend the money because we want a downtown right. stadium. We're getting prepped right. for. And his mm-hmm. uh, by the way, John Sherman's the owner. His comments were, well, if we get a downtown stadium, we'll we're, we'll be most more likely to get players here. No, you won't. Come no, on, man. That's no, like how, how could how could they possibly believe that? You know what I mean? I mean You're not Joe showing had... any sign of that. Um, that that's look at the I Royals mean, roster, I... Johnny. Would Bobby Wood Jr. look great in a Yankee uniform? Absolutely. He would look great anywhere, bro. Would He's Salvador baller, Perez bro. look great and, some, in another uniform? Absolutely. And, and I was gonna comment on Salvador because I mean he's loyal probably to a fault. Um, yeah. And I understand them wanting to keep him, but I mean, they they could have done him right and traded. Well, if you saw I, that this is the direction you were going to go in, I don't think we're done signed, yet. They could have traded him. He's been yeah, but I mean, they, you could have you could actually gotten more for him if you oh, yeah. traded him. You know, three four years ago um, yeah, when you gave him the last extension. But yeah. they thought they had something though. And that's the issue. Is 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 they think they have something when they don't have anything. Is the issue. But like Salvi, I. I'm still not so. I'll I'll wait till after Tuesday's deadline, 
to say, you know, to in the end to see what happens with Salvi, but he's been playing first base the last few days. He never plays first base. If he's off, he's DHing or off. Mm. So I think yeah. there's more to yeah. it happening. I think there's more talks, um, you know, and that's that's going to be the, the interesting fact of it. But it's like we have to be in sell mode. Like you need those pro- – you need to go out and get mm-hmm. prospects that you're not drafting, that you can't draft because your scouts aren't hitting at all now or whatever it is. Like, I don't think we have horrible players. I just don't think we have the right pieces where they need to be. And I think the managerial staff, even though he's brand new, I think he's also making some, you know, crazy decisions because he's like, what do I do? Like, what else do I do? Like, we, we got to throw in what we can throw in. <laughs> just say, this is how bad Minnesota is, first of all. Second of all, first of all, to send a guy like Jordan Lyles to the mound every five days is criminal. Oh, Lord. It's criminal. And we're going to sign him He just beat the out. Twins yesterday. He just beat the Twins yesterday for his second mm-hmm. win. This year, and we're bordering his next was he, stat will be in 16, August. 2 and 17. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. His ERA is so high up. He when he goes to the mound, the Royals know they lose the, they're gonna lose the game. He's that bad right now. Whether he's got pictures of, of the manager doing whatever, but it's just mm-hmm. it's just you're one in twelve and you're sending this guy to the mound. I mean, come on, really? I mean, and, and, and the players, the players, you know, the players are not having fun behind him either. No, you know no. what I mean. You're losing so, game in, game out. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, your your whole motivation. I mean, you, you're a ball player, so you're gonna go out there and play or whatever. But you have no confidence in your starter to to when, give you any type of opp- opportunity. When you're celebrating a win after you know you you haven't won three games in a row all season long. By the way, three games in a row. A's have done that. We haven't done that. Three games in a row. That's all you got to do. It, to, to break that streak as well. And and we haven't done that. And we're going to the trade deadline. So it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just very unfortunate. You know, it's, it's, uh, it it's it like a franchise like ours where, you know, it is pretty historic with the yeah. teams we've had, but to have this much of a gap in, in your, like, yeah. I, I just wow. has to be, I, I just has to be competitive. Like, give me a chance. Like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're competing for that, for that walk. I don't even need the division win. Give me competitive for a wild card spot in second place. That's all I want. <laughs> and, and Tanner, the thing is, it's not hard to be competitive for the wild card spot well, nowadays, especially in that, especially that division. You're not. It's not hard to be competitive for a while. Any any team in baseball, but oh. the Royals just say, you know what? We're just gonna put. We're just gonna throw these guys on the field. Yeah. So and, and again in that division, especially. Yeah. Yeah, that division. Compete for second place. Yeah. Compete for second place. But uh, that, that was kind of my rant. I just want to say Dayton Moore is doing things in, in the Rangers world. It, it, it ended up now it's showing. I believe it's now showing more of the Royal side of things, the ownership of the the wanting to spend the money, wanting to make the moves as they refer to the downtown stadium. So uh, props to the Rangers. I think you're on a good thing. I think, honestly, this this actually puts you on that next level that you needed to get past the Astros officially. So we'll be talking about that more with Jonathan tomorrow night. Let's bring in another horrendous franchise at the moment. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, was looking for an extension, looking for, you know, a little bit of money, a little bit of years. And Ursay was like, yeah, if if you're not playing, nobody's going to miss you, essentially. And, like, the, I don't know what he was on last night, man. He was he was had something going up his nose. But, you know, essentially Jonathan Taylor came out after that, said, hey, I request a trade. Ursay went on this rant, uh, you know, without I guess basically saying yeah nobody's gonna miss you because you're not you're not relevant essentially because you're a running back and then he goes yeah you're not being traded so good luck sitting you know sitting at home uh so Jonathan Taylor requests a trade we'll have to see what happens there 
Um, obviously, not a lot of movement in the running back world. You know, with Zeke Hunt uh, still on the books or still on the free agent line, Cook on the free agent line, Fournette. So there's guys out there, four guys that can even get jobs right now. Where are you going to send a young Jonathan Taylor who got hurt last year? So, uh, Johnny, start us off, man. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's insane. I mean, first of all, like you mentioned about the running backs, I mean, they're not, they're already underpaid and not, you know, not given uh, the love and respect that they probably should get. And I, and I, I get it. I understand that you can get a third, fourth, fifth round running back, depending on your system. It's a, it's a, th- a passing league now. Um, but you're talking about literally the best player on your team because he is without a doubt the best player on the Colts. Yes. And your owner is basically shitting on you and saying, if you left right now, nobody would care. Like who, who's going to want to play for the Colts? Like the Colts may only win one game this year, bro. Like they may only win one game. if Yeah. Why would any player on that, on that roster look up and say, well, I'm going to go out and work hard today. Like I'd be, I'd, I'd be requesting trades. I'd be exactly. like, get me out. Look at my agent. Get right. me out. I don't know. Do I have to go suck and get cut from camp to go get, an, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice and go get an opportunity somewhere. Somebody. Uh-oh. John, are you there? Okay. There we go. Okay. There you there go. You go. Oh, what, what, what do I got to do? You know, essentially it's what it is. So, uh, well, and, and yeah, go ahead, John. The, the one good thing for the, I mean, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but the players are gonna are gonna do their best because it's on tape, and you know everybody's gonna see it, and, and for them to have other opportunities, they got to show out their best, regardless. You know, what I'm saying like her mad words. You know what I'm saying you play to win the game, so they, the, the players are always gonna play hard. I mean, the coaches, I'm sure, are gonna coach you know the best they can, but in the back of your mind, you're always gonna remember, yeah, my owner don't give two fucks about me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So as far as free agency and anything like that, like, like let them get the first pick. I mean, they're not going to do it now because they just got Richardson, but let them get a first pick for a quarter. You know, somebody's going to pull an, uh, an Eli Manning and be like, yeah, I don't want to go over there. You know what I'm saying? I, I would not be surprised by that. But, yeah, he was, definitely, he was definitely on something strong last we night. just got rid of Snyder. Why, why, why does Ursa got to come in and be the – the, the jerk off essentially now. I mean, he, he, he just seems good. like a but, complete idiot, bro. He's just seems like he, one of those dudes. But here's the question of the Taylor thing to both of you. If Taylor feels a little bit of something tweaking his back, tweaking he his hands, oh, I'm he playing all day long. Yeah. He's not playing. Yeah. So, which means you're going to get about seven or eight games out of him this year because if he gets tackled the wrong way, he's going to say, oh, my back. Oh, I don't think I can play anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Right. So what Ursa and Ursa is saying all this stuff and the GM might have to go to him who, who he has complete faith in supposedly and Chris Ballard and say to him, hey, Jim, you know, he wants to be traded. He's threatening to sit out. He's threatening not to play if he feels <laughs> like too- Chris Ballard has actual say. Who made all the moves last year? Brought in Jim. Jim, Jim yeah, Jim Mercy. No, no, he, no he's doubt. keeping Ballard around because no, no. Ballard's a yes man. <laughs> so, so I, I think I think these running backs, you know, and you might hear this from Eckler d- during preseason. You might hear this from, you know, other guys. I think Jonathan Taylor is basically saying, "You don't want to pay me. You don't want to trade me. I, my hamstring is bothering me. I think I, I tore something in my hamstring. I, I can't play. I'm sitting out." for six weeks before I come back. And then the Colts are going to be 0-6. What's the best recipe for a rookie run, uh, quarterback? 
a solid running game. A solid running game. Yeah. And and he's not going to have that if Jonathan mm. Taylor's not there. Who's the backup? Zach Moss? That's the guy that's going to play. Zach Moss. That's wild, bro. <laughs> I mean, and, and, the, and the saddest part, like, like we've been saying, the saddest part is that nobody is going to trade for him. No. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the well, value for running backs just isn't, isn't well, anywhere. And he's a great player, but he's coming up right in three. What's his deal right now, though? It's still it's rookie, he, right? This should be the fourth year because he came in the yeah, same so year. It's it's still rookie deal. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's still a rookie he's gonna, deal. They don't have to promise him a contract. Wait, he was a second round pick, right? Yeah, I think it was a second. So this round. is his yeah, last year. This is so, his yeah, last year. So, so, look, yeah. they don't have to promise him a contract. They could trade for him. He can come play for a new franchise. They don't have to trade for, or they don't have to to give him a contract though afterwards. No. So here's, I mean? here's what you he do. would be a great pickup for elsewhere. Look at look at every NFL team that's one piece away from Super Bowl trip, and that's the team that you can connect, kind of connect dots to. If Jonathan Taylor gets traded, that's where that's where he's going. He'd be he'd be great in a Jets uniform. He'd be great in a Dolphins uniform. He, I mean, he'd he'd be yeah. great in those Baltimore Ravens uniform, Pittsburgh. I mean, just go up and down the AFC and the NFC. And teams, NFC especially, any team if they get Jonathan Taylor yeah, in the trade. Yeah, you talk, you're talking about a top five back. And he's, what, 26? So yeah. he's, still, he's still, you know, I guess in his prime because once he hits 28, he's too old as far Look as running backs are concerned. Ago. Look what he did but, two years ago. Right, right. If you get that Jonathan Taylor, right. sign me up for it. You, you put him on a contender, right? A contender? Mm-hmm. Like Colts aren't contenders. They, never, they haven't been contenders for his for his whole career so far. You put him no. on a contender, uh, you know, that could use help in the run game. I guarantee you receive that Jonathan Taylor from rookie year. What if yeah. the Eagles were to trade for him? Oh, come on, bro. They already have Smith and Penny and, and Gainwell right. and Scott and and and, and <laughs> I know. And then they say to Penny, look, Rashad, we just traded for Jonathan Taylor. We're, we're gonna we're gonna pay your contract out and see you later. It's not a big huge contract, it's a very no, small it's contract. What? How much is? How much is, John, happen, how much is on? How much is on Jonathan's last year? It can't be that much. Hang on, hang on. So it's not that they'll be trading for as far as a lot, as far as money. Any team who trades for him, but it's, it's going to be what do you got to give up? Uh, Heaven uh, forbid somebody like um, anybody in the <laughs> NFC South that trades for him. Anybody I'm in the NFC there. South that trades for him will win that division automatically. Outside of Taylor, this year. Uh, his base salary is uh four mil and his cap hit is five mil. That's that's nothing, bro. So you trade that's that's what the Dolphins just offered Dalvin Cook basically was four million dollars, which is why yeah. he hasn't signed yet. Yeah. So, here's what I you mean, do you're an organization, you trade for him, you rip up his contract, and you say, Okay, Jonathan, we're going to give you a four year deal at 42 million dollars with incentives to make it higher mm-hmm. and a guarantee of like 28 million. I think he would sign that the next day. Uh, I wonder, like, I, Dolphins, we all know Dolphins are, are looking because they wanted Dalvin essentially as well. But, you know, they're always looking to bolster up their running game, uh, especially with Tua. I think the Chiefs would be interested, of course, uh, you know, be able to pair that with Clyde on the downfall. Uh, yeah. Last night, by the way, yesterday at camp, uh, I, I apologize, guys. I, I said, you know, Justin Ross was questionable. I watched Justin Ross yesterday. <laughs> this is the number one coming into play coming uh at mid-year when he gets his reps, man. I I, I apologize. Go go draft him. Uh so let me, let's let's just look at this, Tana. Yeah. 
Justin Ross, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. The Chiefs could have one of the better, younger wide receiver cores in the NFL right now. Let's let's just say that the things I saw of these guys, like there's a highlight out on it if you look it up, but yesterday at camp, uh, Nazi Johnson was uh, uh, covering, who's had a great camp, such a great camp. He's been looking good. He was on Justin Ross about four times. And, and Nazi, he he shut down Sky. He shut down MBS. He shut down a couple guys in reps. But he got on Justin Ross, and Justin Ross made a, a quick hook, and Nazi was about 15 yards the other way still. And it was it, – it, but he, he always had issues with uh, Justin Ross. He Like, he, it was just every time he was lined up against Justin, it would it, just be embarrassing. Uh, you know, the, the only – a little fear. It doesn't sound like anything big. I didn't see on the injury report. Uh, Rice got rolled up on on one of the plays. Uh, didn't come back to practice, but I don't see any injury report on that. But, I mean, the, Rice is so big. Ross looks like a freaking number one receiver. Uh, Sky Moore, you, you know, one of those quick guys, of course. Uh, his hands were looking good yesterday, his route running. Like, this is... This is going to be interesting to watch. Well, I mean, they're young, they're young, they're talented, and they're playing with a generational quarterback. So they're going to yeah. they're going to play with all the confidence in the world because he's going to give them so much confidence to just go out there and he's going to get them the ball. Everybody's they're, saying they're that free to just do that, do what they do. So every, oh. every Chiefs big wig media person is saying that Justin Ross is on the bubble, and it's like, how do you, how, what are you watching? Because you're not watching camp. So you're probably watching his injury from you know a couple of years ago. Why, why he said out last year? That's the only thing I could think of. Because after seeing and, yesterday and the the mixes he was in, the the formations like he was with the ones a lot. Uh, he was with the twos. Like and, and he, he his hands are solid. Like he MVS dropped a ball. Granted, he was double covered, but he had to come back for it. And he had the ball in his hand. Defense made a great play. But it's like those are those are game breaking plays uh, to, to happen, and I, and Justin Ross made a really nice catch as well, and I, I just I see Ross being potential number one coming into week ten. Wasn't wasn't there a certain wasn't there a number fifteen that said he liked the way that Ross was playing in OTAs? Yeah, there was a certain fifteen. <laughs> should that's all that matters. Right all that matters. There, that's all that that guy said something that Justin Ross. Was gonna he could ball out this year? He, he could be I, that number one. I was all questionable about it because I told Ryan Lyris in this too. I was like, you know, I just yeah. be wary. You know what's going on. Uh, now that I got to see him in person, saw the highlights he's been doing. Got to see him in full camp without having that injured leg or anything like that, or injured back or whatever it was. Like this guy, his size is perfect. Like this is this is a one like a number one top style receiver. Yeah. Which again, would be insane for Mahomes. And it, right again, you, you put him with all that young that young talent on there. You're saying you still got Kelsey there. You got the the stable of young running backs as well. And, and again, playing with 15. But yeah, if he if he says that this guy looks good, um, yeah, I, I don't care what the hell the beat writers and them say. There's always there's always a couple of negative beat beat writers that covers every team. You're saying there's, so, there's always those couple that they 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 always you know. They always want to write the negative because again, negativity sells and stuff. So they're, they're always going to be that way, even if they don't believe it or have no idea what the hell is going on. But mm-hmm. um, for him to look that good to where you know Patrick Mahomes says something about it, and people are talking about he might be on the bubble. That's, See, a, that's a bit. That's a bit. You know, come on now. 
And the other thing, John, you remember last going back to last year, what Mahomes said, we're just going to spread the ball around. Kelsey's the number mm-hmm. one. We're going to spread the ball around. There's mm-hmm. going to be no number one wide receiver, so to speak. This year, he's saying, "Oh, I love Justin Ross. We, you know, we've been clicking. We've been we've been together." Well, I listen to that guy. If that guy's saying Justin Ross is going to be a factor, he's going to yep. be a factor this year. So, All right, absolutely. It's yeah. It's scary to think that that, that fucking guy is only going to get better, bro. We, we also he's he's to... only going to get – Patrick Mahomes is only going to get better. Only gonna get, fucking, I mean, if he gets a weapon, scary, bro. If he gets a weapon like that, it's it's, it's scary. Uh, we need Chris yeah. Jones back too, by the way. So expect him to return because that interior defensive line, yeah, it's it's different. Mm, I thought I saw something. I guess I guess, I guess guess it was fake. I, I thought I saw something where he agreed to something yesterday. That I guess that didn't happen. I haven't seen anything yet. Okay. I, I I ain't worried. I'm still not worried about it. No, the, two, the, two, big, the two big news items yesterday in the NFL were the Jonathan Taylor thing, and Zeke was up in Foxborough visiting Foxborough. the Patriots. Yeah. yeah, is that By even way, a big? Is that even a big thing? It's <laughs> no, good, well, it's a big thing. thing. It's one of the biggest things. Nah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, guys, I, I wanted to go back to this Jonathan Taylor thing. I want to go more on the owner side of things. Do, does the NFL need to to come in and? Dudes, I don't, I don't know what they can do, but like, do they need to go in and be like, you know, like, we can't be talking crap out about our players. We can't be talking crap about our staff. Like, you, yeah. you got to be an owner. You're the one paying the salary. You can, you know, mention some things, but let's not, let's not go ham because we're we're drinking gin and juice uh, <laughs> on, on a on a Saturday night and just getting slammered, right? Uh, but so- like. Like what? What? What does the NFL need to do about this? These owner situations because they continue to pop up. Ursay being a big one, uh, but Ross down in in Dolphin yes. World, uh, Jerry Jones in Dallas, who you know who's saying there's gonna be repercussions for Zach Martin if he doesn't show up to camp. What are you gonna yeah. do? Cut him? Great, do it. Right? Yes, please. I love that. So, <laughs> so like, so what are we gonna do? The, yeah, here's what the NFL needs to do. Okay, this running back talk is going to get completely out of spiral out of control in the, in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. So I think Goodell needs to talk to Ursa and say, Hey, listen, I know it's going to cost you a lot of money, but maybe you should sign this guy. He's one of our best players in the NFL. Just give him a contract. I know Ursa is going to say, no, we're not giving him a contract, but sometimes what he says, and then two weeks later, what he does or what happens are two totally different things. So, so I think the NFL needs to see well, one of these running backs. I was say them, them quake them quaaludes, bro. Them quaaludes just have you just doing yeah. all kinds, saying all kinds of different stuff, different days. So, I, I wonder if somebody in the organization will just go to Jonathan Taylor and say, "Hey, Jonathan, it's a contract, four years, fifty million dollars. Just sign it. Don't don't tell her. Say just sign it." God, the, the, the scary the scary thing is that is is somebody going to give him a four year, fifty something million? Dollars? I don't see that either. Like no, they, I don't they just see don't value the run. They just don't value the running backs anymore, man. And, and even though he's he's one of the better ones, again, he's coming off that injury. Like they, they're just not giving out those 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 twelve, thirteen million dollar a year contracts anymore, man. Pure hey. running backs in the NFL. Who is better than Jonathan Taylor? Nick Chubb, Nick okay. Chubb. Henry, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. After that, I don't That's know it. if you can find anymore. McCaffrey, right? We all know that one. McCaffrey, Eckler, maybe, but Eckler's Eckler, on the same Eckler. level. As him. I, th- I yep. think Eckler's yeah. better. Probably so he's fifth Saquon. or sixth. Saquon. Yep. So he's about yeah. the sixth or seventh best running back in the NFL right now. Okay. So Saquon's making $11 million. I don't know what Chubb's contract. I don't know what these rest of these contracts are, but McCaffrey's $16 million, obviously. 
Derrick Henry, sixteen million, somewhere in that area. So you need to pay him around ten million dollars a year. That's that's right, what you need to pay him. Second time I've been weirded out by a stream yard. I feel like Keith Engel and TGI Sports and his spectrum debacle <laughs> right now. Lord of mercy. Uh, do you think uh, uh, Ursay is like uh, that guy in uh, Dewey Cox, the Hart Walkard? Uh, where he's like, cocaine's a hell of a drug, you know, it makes people crazy. <laughs> you don't want to try this, Jim. You don't want to try this, Jim. And Jim's like, oh, I think I do. I think I do. And he walks in. <laughs> who, who was the guy he signed years ago for the Colts? Where, or it wasn't a draft pick where he get on the phone. It was a draft pick. He get on the phone and said, yeah, dude, can't wait to see you. He was talking like he was back in the 60s. Yeah, dude, we can't wait to see you. We're, we're, something big's going on up here. Can't wait to have you, man. And he kept using man and dude and all these other. What owner trying to be that? cool. He trying to be cool. Yeah, he's trying to be cool and hip with the with players the and just, right. Does he, does he wear those loafers without the socks and the, the, the Tommy Probably. behind the shirts in the office and <laughs> stuff like that and go in and have a couple of whiskeys? He's, he's the guy that walks in with uh, um, Crocs with socks and Capris up to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> Just a cutoff shirt, dude. <laughs> he said Crocs with socks. <laughs> Is that really a thing? <laughs> I, I, apparently, I don't know. I don't wear Crocs, so. But he's he's in shoes and I got these hay dudes. Uh, they're he's pretty old. Definitely, you have to wear socks with those. So, <laughs> like you just went to the Royals, Tanner. Who's gonna go play in Indianapolis? Now? Who wants to? No man. If your owner's acting like that and being like this about one of your guys on your team, yeah, the he, best player on your team. These, These guys are family for six, seven, eight months of the year, and you're going to trash on one of their family on your on one right. of their family members, right. right? Right, exactly, and and that's just the thing. And Jonathan Taylor is a top ten player in his position, and you're just right. going to say to him, "This is his last year of his contract." You, you basically yeah. say, "No, walk out the door." We, we're not going to. Who cares? We'll, we'll still it keep Do keep you? going. I got to let the dog out real quick. Keep going. Okay. The, the, the crazy thing about that too, guys, like what Tanner was saying, as far there's nothing the NFL can do, unfortunately, because the owners right. are loners. You know what I mean? Because like like, yep. like Tanner mentioned, you know, I got to deal with this knucklehead down here in in Miami with Stephen Ross, and yeah, you know, I would I wish the NFL had some type of power to be able to do something uh, to these owners besides punishing the the organization and the, and the team by taking draft picks and stuff because you, you're gonna find them what a million two million dollars. I mean, they have that in their ashtrays. Yeah, so that's not like that's affecting them. You know what I'm saying? But you Pennies. can't, yeah, you can't like really do. You know what I'm saying like, unfortunately, they the owners are the owners, so they can do, unfortunately, whatever the hell they want. So there's not really much the NFL I think can do. The, the draft pick situation was a pretty big deal for you guys, right? But again, then you're hurting, yeah. you're hurting yeah. the actual team and the coach. You know what I'm saying like, Ursay don't give two shits if he don't. Have, yeah, but he don't give two shits if he ain't got a draft pick. That's yeah, less money he got to pay. Regardless. That's less money he got to pay. I mean, let's look at the, the solid teams in the NFL, the Kansas Cities, the New Englands. Pittsburgh. How many holdouts do these teams have in the last 10 years? These owners take care of these guys. They say, okay, we're going to take Kraft, takes care of his guys. Hunt in Kansas City takes care of his guys. Mm -hmm. the, the, the teams that the owners take care of their guys – these players want to go play for in free agency. Yep. That's why you see Zeke in New taking a trip to New England. That's why you see Fournette taking a trip to New England. That's why you see Kansas City mentioned with all these guys because they take care of their guys. Teams like Indianapolis, Washington, Dallas now, 
they don't they they allow these guys to hold out and they allow these guys to say, okay, go hold out. You're not gonna get your money. Do what you want. We'll find you. You come into camp two weeks after. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't work. It's not a good look to have a superstar in the NFL say, I'm out. See you later. Josh Jacobs, another guy. It doesn't, it's not yeah. a good look for the NFL. Led the league in rushing last year. And and he's he got on a plane the first well, day of training. He he well, here's your quarterback. Right. You saw yeah. Devontae Adams there. You, yep. it, 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 you're, you're not going to sign your technically your, your best offensive player last year. And, and Josh right. Jacobs did the smartest thing. Yeah. He, Leave. He, he, yeah. He did not sign the franchise tag. So he will not get right. fined. He did the smartest yeah. thing. He took off right. and left. Right, it's, it's and, the best idea. And we we talked we touched a little bit on it, you know, the other night when we mentioned it, we were talking about the Saquon Barkley signing. Like like he almost did the worst possible thing you can do by signing that one year deal because now they still got two years where they can franchise tag you. <laughs> so he was almost better off just dealing with the franchise tag and knowing okay they can only do this one more time. But you helped them out. Yeah, by signing that one year deal, it, and, it's, and it just has nine hundred thousand dollars in incentives. Yeah. Like you better in, put three, four, five million dollars of incentives in that for me to sign it. Otherwise, All it I'll just sign a franchise injury. tag, and then you got one more year. All it takes is this, an injury, right? That's and, what I'm saying. You're, you're not getting any more money. That's wild, bro. It's it's wild. It's, it's sad, man. Because I I miss the you know what I'm saying I, I love the passing game and stuff like that, but I, I like I like seeing people. Run the ball. I love seeing Chubb and all these guys run the rock. Right. Derek Henry, Mike got a, a fifty-yard run, and, and you know, through the tackles. Like, especially like his his rookie year it was just like like I was I was damning Brian Flores for taking no Ibanagani when you when you had yeah. Jonathan Taylor uh, available there and, and he's running all over the place in Indianapolis. So yeah, I love seeing uh, good running backs you know play ball, but the, this league is just I mean it's a passing league like I said, and they know that they can get. Get you know, they could they could do the whole stable of running backs thing, so they're not worried about the having that one main guy. But my thing is when you do have that special type, uh Saquon or Christian McCaffrey, Cook, you know, Jonathan Taylor, those guys they should be exceptions to the rule, but I guess it depends on what franchise you're on. Yeah, it's the devaluation of the running back position. That's exactly what it is. How many I mean, how many bell cow running backs do you have in the NFL right now? It's probably, it's probably five or six, yeah. Five, maybe yeah. five, maybe five mm-hmm. or six. Right. So those, those, so the, right. Yeah. So why aren't those at least those five or six like really getting paid? Yeah, they should, which they should. Yeah. And they'll get I right. think they'll get paid elsewhere if they have to leave. So uh and look, I mean, again, look at the defending champs right now. You know, you got Pacheco. Pacheco's on, you know, kind of in and out. There he has the yellow jersey on, so he doesn't get hit, uh, essentially. But I mean, Chiefs also like to line up running backs. Right, we had Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, yep. uh, you know, a couple of guys that broke out as well. And now you got Daenerys Prince, by the way, Daenerys Prince working in a two running back scheme formation right now. Watch uh, out with guys. <laughs> you well, know, see, the, the, the thing about that is let him in. you let have him 15 in. on that team. You know, what I'm saying? So you, don't, you don't need that stud running back because you got a Great quarterback. Now I know these quarterbacks are making forty something million dollars a year, but that don't mean that they're great quarterbacks. That just means that they were free agents at the right time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I, so it's unfortunate that the quarterback salary is take is, is taking up so much of the cap that the running back is the one that that are getting punished for it. 
Well, um, but there's but there's nothing that can be done until the next you know CBA, and and it's not the players aren't going to be willing to to sacrifice you know a season or half a season or anything like that by by holding out um, to try to make changes. So I mean they're going to try, but ultimately the owners seem to get what they want. Man, they wanted that 17th game. They're going to want that 18th game soon. Um, so I don't know, man. I feel like I said I feel bad for the running backs. You know. Here's the one Patrick Mahomes comp that I can listen to all day. Patrick Mahomes is like Tom Brady. Remember Tom Brady made that receiving core he had every year better? Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes makes every receiving core he has Mm -hmm. better. Right. Like Tom Brady. That comp with Mahomes I can listen to all day. Aaron Rodgers. I was about to say Aaron Rodgers too, yeah. There's only a select few that you could say in the last – 15, 20, 25 years that do that. Brady, Mahomes, Rogers. Yeah. Those three guys. So everybody says, oh, the receiving core of Kansas City. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes going to do it. He'll find a way to do it. He's, he's, Patrick, it. he's in, Patrick fucking Mahomes, bro. Yeah, Patrick lost, fucking Mahomes. That's how he's yeah, going to do it. You lost, you lost uh, Juju. You lost Tony. And you had right. you had MVS. You had Smith Earth, Earth, Earth Smith Merced uh, from Minnesota that you picked up three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had Cornell Powell out there, Marcus Kemp, like, right. and you still be able to p- complete passes and put this in the right. yeah. you, you got so Patrick Mahomes, and you got one of the greatest minds. Exactly, you got one of the greatest offensive yeah. minds ever, and Andy Reid. He'll oh. he'll, find, he'll scheme something up. And now, you Maggie with play right. now you got Matt Nagy with it. Now you got Matt Nagy's your OC. Yeah. It's cheating. So Andy, it Andy Reid and Matt Nagy yeah. say to Mahomes, "Here you go, Pat. Here's, here's your wide receivers. <laughs> great, right. great. Okay. Fine with me." Right. I got Kelsey. I got eighty-seven. Oh. I'll find another guy. Boom. Yeah. All, 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 I think Mahomes. All he asked for really is like, hey, give me, give me, you know, show me you're wanting to to play here, wanting the opportunity. Look at Miko. Miko never really worked, never worked out with Mahomes, and exactly. it was always an issue going into camp. There was always chemistry issues. There was also uh, timing issues in the season during the season, especially the first five weeks of Miko yeah. right there because Miko wouldn't come work out with Mahomes. And Mahomes was like, I'm not going to work out with you because I got everybody else here. So, right, right. you know, okay. it's what it came out to be. <laughs> and right. so now you saw him didn't get his contract extension. He's with the Jets now, which I think he'll be – I think he'll be really good there, actually. Really, like, secretly well, good you play, You're playing with Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he wants oh. a contract. He wants a contract, so he's going to he's gonna be on his best he's behavior. Gonna he's going to do everything possible, right? He, he did come back. He did show a little heart, which is awesome to see. Uh, last, last year he came – after his injury, he came back in the uh, – it was the title game or the, the game before that, the playoff game before that. But he came in knowing he was hurt, banged up, but he he fought to be out there. He ended up getting even more hurt uh, on his body there and, uh, you know, ended up missing the rest of the season with the two two games there. But, you know, it, it's – showing stuff like that goes a long ways. And that's stuff we haven't seen from me, Cole. That's stuff we haven't seen from certain guys. Byron Pringle, right? Now, now signing with the the Commanders to go reunite with his uh with his boy B enemy again yeah, Brian Pringle we thought he would be something with the Bears after the Mahomes season there in the Chiefs wasn't anything Demarcus Robinson uh, who caught a bunch of touchdowns and also ran backwards for the Chiefs a lot but you know we thought he'd be something special there after Mahomes made him going going to the Ravens we never heard from him really again so right. it's like certain guys you know it's same thing for Packers we can go through the list of the Packers receivers doing the same damn thing. It's like you, these guys outside of Devontae, you know, you, you don't, and Tyreek Hill, you don't hear from again. 
Right, because they, they think they're better than what they were because they were successful with a, a great quarterback. You know what I mean? So their their heads get big, and they think, "Oh, well, I'm I'm great." Well, you you you're, you're being helped out a lot. You know what I mean? Because like you bet this guy, like you know, he, quarterbacks like that can make you know average guys look good, good guys look you know great, great guys into Hall of Fame type guys, and then Hall of Famers into generational type players like a Kelsey, Tyreek. You know what I'm saying? So now he's playing with some good young talent. He's only gonna make them look that much better. It's all you need from those guys. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. What'd you hear about Hardman going into last year? Tyreek's replacement. Tyreek McCall Hardman's mm-hmm. dead. Nah, no. What? Where? What has he done in his NFL career to say he's the Tyreek Hill replacement? Yes, he's gonna get those end around. Yes, he's got speed like Tyreek. Okay, I'll give you that. But he's gonna receive, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh Wit had a, an emergency here, so he's not gonna be able to join us. We'll catch him on Thursday uh, evening right. or Thursday evening on the second half of the show uh, after our uh, AFC. What are we doing? AFC South, right? South, yeah, AFC South. South. Might as well get it out of the way, especially South. with the yeah, South. yeah, right. I mean, this will be awesome. fun. Now, this will be really fun. Hopefully, Rios is uh, he'll confirm with me tomorrow, but I'm planning them in. Uh, guys, uh, Johnny, do you have a cruising top five today? Yep, I do have a cruising let's, top let's, five. Let's go make that cruising top five. All right, let's. Bring out that cruising top five and uh, the top five for this week. I'm a little inspired by last night's uh, last night's fight. So my cruising top five is oh man, it didn't. I didn't <laughs> save it. Uh, I'm gonna edit it right Stop now. Going the outside wrestling? <laughs> no, no. My apologies, people. This is what happens when it's nine o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> Hey man, it's, it's morning time. All right, well, I'm going. I'm going with the all-time favorite boxers to watch. Now, this doesn't oh. mean these are the greatest boxers oh. or my top five best boxers, but these guys were just a lot of fun to watch. These guys fight. Um, my number five, I'm going with Arturo Gotti. Um, if you ever watched him, he was. A, I'm standing in the middle of the of the, of the ring, and we're going to go toe to toe. So, if you have an opportunity. Uh, Google Arturo Gatti against Mickey Ward. They had three epic fights, um, and he 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 didn't win all of them. Um, I got his record right here because he's got several losses. But again, this isn't about the best. He was forty and nine, thirty one KOs, but he was a uh, toe to toe, and that's what I like. To, I like to see guys that are just in the middle of the ring fighting uh, as hard as possible. My my number four is. George Foreman, but I'm talking about the the older bald head George Foreman when he had the 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 defense where he put his arms in front of him. That was just a lot of fun. The whole story of him being an older fighter uh, coming back and actually winning like these fights were crazy. Like like he was getting pounded and he just refused to go down. But Arturo Gotti was a lot of fun to watch. So he was number my number five. George Foreman, the second George Foreman, because I didn't watch him obviously when he was younger. Uh, when he lost to Muhammad Ali and stuff. But when he came back <clears throat> for that second stint, actually beat Michael Moore to win the heavyweight title, which a lot of people said that, you know, he might have took a dive there, but I, I don't know about that. But uh, he was a lot of fun to watch, so that's four. Number three is the Pac-Man. Uh, Manny Pacquiao was so much fun to fight. I so wish that Floyd that, – that's the one thing. We talked about it on Thursday about the whole promotions and stuff like that. And, he, like, all of that gets in the way of having – phenomenal fighters actually fight each other. That's why last night was actually a lot of fun. Uh, these guys really want, you know, they're, they're at the top of their game. 
and they they wanted they wanted that fight to happen, so they made sure that that fight happened, and we got entertained with with a. I mean, it was a one sided dominant fight for Crawford, but two of the best fighters in the world actually fighting in there. You know what I'm saying? At, at the yeah. right time, not Floyd Mayweather fighting Manny Pacquiao. You know, five years too late when Manny's already old. But Manny was a lot of fun to watch, so I got Manny at number three as far as you know favorite boxers to watch. Number two, I got Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't watch Roy Jones in his prime, and I'm not talking about you know the, the late, the mid to late two, 2000s uh, when he started fighting heavyweights and stuff like that or whatever. When he was a, a, a middleweight and a light heavyweight, he was phenomenal, bro. Like he was so much fun. His combinations, his counter punching, is it was ridiculous. So I got Roy Jones Jr. at number one, and number one, I mean number two, and number one for me is none other than Iron Mike Tyson. Um, he was, you know, say he was just phenomenal to watch. He was so much fun, um, just destroying people when he was coming up. Um, and I was, that was my teenage year. So I was really into boxing back then. Um, I remember, uh, being a, a 10 or 11 year old kid crying my eyes out when he got knocked the hell out by Buster Douglas in, in Tokyo. Uh, it was wild, but Mike Tyson was so much fun to watch. I mean, the, the whole spew coming in. Uh, with nothing on but the shorts and, and the, the, the black shorts, the black shoes with no socks, um, just eyeing the, the guy. I mean, most of the time the, the opponent was – was they lost before the fight even started because they were all scared of Mike Tyson. So um, if you get to, to – you know for the younger generation out there, look up some clips of, of Iron Mike in his younger days, and he was he was putting people to sleep. He's still uh, something fierce. And his, his head movement, I mean, when, when he had um, – uh, was it was it was it was it Mickey Rooney that was with him? Yeah, it was Rooney. It was Rooney, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then the, the old man that, that took him in, you know, Wanda passing away once he, you know, what I'm saying right once he got the title, or whatever. And then he, Don King, got his talking about promoters. Don King got his claws into Mike Tyson, and then it it all went south from there. But his head movement and his style when he first started was was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he uh, he was only you know what five five eight five nine or whatever, so he was always fighting bigger guys. Um, but he was just so much fun to watch. So this is this is my cruising top five uh, favorite uh, all time favorite boxers to watch. Again, these are like not the, the these are not the yeah. greatest fighters ever. I'll have a top five greatest fighters of all time. Uh, that's a separate list. But this is just my favorite boxers to watch because that that fight like like Crawford is creeping into this list. His counter punching ability is just ridiculous, bro. His last two fights, what he did to these two guys, uh, was awesome. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. Bernard Hopkins was a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of guys that were a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But these right here, you know, were, were my favorite. You know, thinking about it last night and then early this morning, I was like, yeah, these these guys were so much fun to watch. So at five, I got Arturo Gotti. Um, and like I said, if you get an opportunity, watch what Tanner threw it up there for a second. Watch those fights with Mickey Ward. They were awesome. Uh, George Foreman, ballhead George Foreman, when he came back, you know, big fat George Foreman, when he came back his second time, he was a lot of fun, wound up winning a title. Manny Pacquiao, with, in that five or six year span that he had, right, you know what I'm saying, where Floyd was not trying to have any of that, um, he was he was extremely exciting and fun to watch. Roy Jones Jr. is, is one of the greatest fighters, you know, most of these guys are in the Hall of Fame, are going to be in the Hall, you know. If they're not already, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame of, of boxing anyway. But Roy Jones was a bad boy. He was a lot of fun to to fight. I mean, he there's some of the fights where he was fighting some top guys, Tony and all these guys. 
he was fighting top guys, and you can see he was playing with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. So he was he was a step ahead. I mean, I think he did one crazy thing where he like boxed and he went and played a basketball game that same day or whatever, just to just to show his athletic ability. It was crazy, bro. But he was so much fun People to watch. Do that. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's that's just insane. Right. And I mean, it was it was it was borderline disrespectful. But you know what? He was that good at the time to where the the, the his opponent had no chance anyway. Um, so yeah, he's my number two, and then Iron Mike Tyson, number one favorite all time boxer wise. Out here, there was a, a TikTok, yeah. I think a TikTok or a tweet or X, whatever you want to call it now, of uh, somebody described <laughs> like Mike Tyson was sitting in the front row and he was just rubbing his knee like this, like he had a, a, a invisible dog or something. Is what they said. Like <laughs> Mike Tyson out here rubbing, invi- you know, petting right. invisible dogs on his lap when there's nothing there. It's like, like I, I don't, I want to say anything to that guy. And, and that's why, yeah, you want, dude. Right, right. And for all those people to say, "Oh, well, yeah, I'll take a punch from Mike Tyson for no, bro." No, you won't. No, it cost you most of that money to, to reconstruct your face if you wind up surviving that, bro. Exactly. You know, like, nah, he was he was insane. So yeah, for you for you younger people, check out Mike Tyson when he was in his prime when he was coming up and he won his his first. Uh, he was the youngest, the youngest ever to, to be heavyweight champion at 19, 20 years old. Uh, check out those highlights. He was destroying people. Yeah. So that's that's my cruising top five. These yeah, are my all time favorite boxers to watch. That's, that's a Again, good not 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 the, not the greatest, not the greatest guys, not the best, but these these guys were were a lot of fun to watch. These five. So hey, check that's them a good out. One. Thank, I, I thank like you. that. Scott, yeah. what's your what's your appraisal of this list? I, I like the list. I like the list, and and the guys that I grew up on that I watched were the Sugar Ray Leonard's, Thomas mm-hmm. Hearns, right. Bobby Hagler's. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, you know, even Butterbean, who was very entertaining yeah. to watch, even though yeah. he wasn't successful. Floyd yeah. Money Mayweather was the entertainment machine See? over and over again. Yeah. His that's press conferences were great. See, his fights, I, I wouldn't say, were as I great mean, as his press conferences. Exactly. Yeah, that's my thing. I mean, we could have a top five all time, no doubt, promoting the top fight five. type guys, yeah, absolutely. But as far yeah. as actually in the ring entertaining, that nah, man, he, 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 he didn't, you know, he was a defensive fighter, uh, probably one of the greatest, you know, if not the greatest defensive boxer ever in Floyd. But that, that wasn't entertaining to me, you know, what I'm saying he throws his right. two punches and he's he's wanting to be chased so that he could counter, and you know, saying like. Nah, I mean, as far as entertainment uh, and fun to watch, nah, I mean, I, I give yeah. Floyd all his respect, but yeah, he ain't making my top five as far as fans. And I didn't see much. Ali in his prime, and I didn't see George Foreman. That's what I'm saying. I didn't see, right, right. Now, I, I, caught, I caught the end of Sugar Ray and Marvin Hagler yep. and all those guys, yep. but, you know, they, if you, like when I really got into boxing was in my, my teen years, and these guys were, were more of the guys that were there at that time. So they were just so much fun to watch. But yeah, Sugar Ray, that watch. Sugar Ray, Roberto Durant fight Roberto was insane. Durant, the uh, Hagler Hearns, yep. that three round insanity, or however okay. many rounds it was, because it wasn't okay. many rounds, but they were just trying to kill each other for yep. those few, first couple rounds or whatever. Those those are those are great fights. I always I always lean towards the the middleweights and stuff like that because they seem to be more action in those. The heavyweights would throw a couple punches, be tired, and be hugging for the rest of the round, except for people like a Mike Tyson and you know, saying guys like that. Evander Holyfield was a really good, fun fighter to watch. You know, what I'm saying so. There's a lot. I mean, unfortunately, boxing isn't what it used to be, and again, it's a lot more about the the promoters and stuff like that. Too many belts, too many divisions, and stuff like that. So, I would hope at some point in time somebody would pull a Dana White type thing and just kind of 
be in control of all of boxing, and I think that would actually yeah. be able to be able to correct it a little bit, man, because the, the art of boxing is really fun to watch. And, I, and I'm digging the MMA and UFC and stuff like that, and I'm glad that talking to Nick, I've gotten back into it because uh, yeah. I enjoyed it when I was a kid when it first came out. I know they celebrated their 30th anniversary of the UFC, so I remember in 93 and stuff like that with Royce Gracie and all of them back then, but it wasn't as... <clears throat> It wasn't as entertaining as it is now. The UFC, I think, um, if you as far as thirty years and, ago. So, if you want to go back and watch a fight, I would say the Sugar Ray Leonard Hagler fight was probably the one you want to watch. <sighs> Two yes. different styles of guys. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought Sugar Ray's career was over. Mm -hmm. He was right. never going to fight again. He came back in, went the distance against Marvin Hagler, who was probably one of the better fighters of that generation, yeah. and he beat him. And he beat him. And nobody expected him to beat him. So that would be a fight. And the Hearns Hagler three rounds was Dude. amazing. Yeah. It was right. amazing. It's a blur, so man. But it's if you, was at yes. its zenith in that yes. in those days. Yeah. So yeah. Hey guys, uh as before our final thoughts here, check this out. Dalvin Cook appearing at the New York Jets training camp today. Out there. He's gonna Are sign we, with the Jets. Is that today or was that the other day? It's nearing. We're getting there. That was Debs today. He was he's been That's in New York today. all weekend, Johnny. So he was on Oh, he's he stood up there all weekend. He's been yeah. he was on Good Morning Football on Friday. He was on Yeah, where he where he said it was Friday it was his Friday. dream. It would be a dream come true to play for the Dolphins. Yep. He, yeah. He's gonna yeah, play, he's gonna he's play gonna against the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean it's what tends you know, to happen with these guys, it, not with Zeke and Fournette. Her, once they, no, as you know, was, once uh, they get in the building. They ain't yeah. getting out without a contract. That was, uh, well, I think, I think, the, I, think the, I think the Good Morning Football, you know, was his uh, final attempt. That was his uh, say anything with the with the radio moment to the to the Dolphins. Like, hey, if if you're gonna assign me, uh, make it happen now. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, now we'll have to just deal with him. Uh, then you add that to the the Jalen Ramsey news. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But. He, but um, I, I I think we got enough in the in the running back room to be okay. Uh, I love Mike McDaniel's you know mind and and his offensive genius. He's and he's going into his second year, so he's only going to be better this year. But when you got an opportunity to add a double cook, like we talked about it with the whole baseball thing, if you're going to go all in, go all in. Don't be half assed. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you're putting all your chips in the middle of the table, don't keep a couple chips to the side. You know, nah, man, just get Dalvin Cook if you got it. the opportunity. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Hopefully, it doesn't come back to to literally bite us, and and the Jets wind up taking and us because of what Dalvin Cook winds up breaking a a sixty something yard run against us, you know, to to win the division. That that would be salt on the wound. And the tweet he put out the other day was basically saying to the Dolphins, "Don't let me go to New York because I'm going right. to sign." And the and the play he put on that tweet was the long run he had against the Dolphins for a touchdown right. last year. Yeah. Right. So yep, he's basically right. saying to the Dolphins, you, you had your chance to sign me. You didn't sign me. Now I'm right. going to New York. I'm signing right. with them. I'm going to come back and cause havoc. The question is – Well, I mean, if they – again, he, he was on good – I mean, if they if Chris Greer called him and said, hey, we'll match whatever the Jets are offering you, he would come back home. He would come yeah, back and absolutely. play. absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, it's that. But, but they're not going guess, to. Yeah, they don't seem willing to, to do that. But, hey – you know what I'm saying? And I know Dolphin fans because anytime anybody is up for trade or whatever, so you got a bunch of Dolphin fans saying, oh, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. C calm down, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we wouldn't sign Dalvin Cook for, for just money. You think we're going to give up assets 
uh, to get Jonathan Taylor. So just get that out of your heads. We got we got our running back room. Um, and let's just hope we can keep number one on his feet uh, for 17 games, and I think we'll be okay. So here's my question: what, What's the deal with Brees Hall now? Is he slow in recovery? Is he coming back? Well, now they can take recovery. the time, bro. Now they can take the time, and you got talk about a two-headed monster. You don't have to rush him out like J.K. was. Right. Right. Yeah. Now you take your time because Brees is dude. He's he's special. He's gonna be good. Like he's once, special, like if, yeah. if you give him a year where he doesn't have to take the full workload right away again, right? Like just I, he's I gonna be that be much better good. next year. Yep. Yeah. And so. and watch and watch the betting markets now. If Cook signs with the Jets, the Jets are going way up. Yeah. <laughs> way up. It's I, I think. They, I, yeah. Especially yeah. With Dalvin Cook there, I think yeah. they win the division, bro. I think they. I think that'll give them just enough to get that extra game or two to put them um, at the top of the division. I mean, I, I still think we can compete with them all around, but Dalvin Cook, said- you know what I'm saying? People are sleeping on, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's amazing how people love to shit. Like, Dalvin Cook is a great player. Yeah, he is. You know? So, and and know. what's, the, what's the, if he signs today, what's going to be the, the thing? Watch out, Chiefs fans. Here come the Jets. Yeah, wait. Here we go. Think, yep. Here it's, we go, Chiefs. Watch it's out. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And then you got this whole Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Like I know you know we're about to get off or whatever, but hopefully Joe Burrow is healthy. Like I, you know, what I'm saying I, I hate these injuries and stuff like that, man. So hopefully people come back healthy and we we don't see no more injuries and stuff. Um, that was actually gonna be part of my my uh my final. I mentioned it a little bit on Thursday, but um, hopefully everybody stays healthy, man. I want I want to see the best players play, man. Yep. Uh, guys, we'll do our final thoughts here before we get out of here. Johnny, we'll start with you. Go ahead. All right. I uh, just want to, you know, on, on that note about staying healthy, I want to give a shout out to, to the man himself, Mr. Dan Harris. Uh, hasn't been feeling great. Uh, much love, prayers, positive energy, all that stuff sent to you, uh, Dan. Hope you feel better. Uh, can't wait to talk to you again. And uh, on on the on a show, I mean, we talk, but you know, I can't wait to do a show with you again. You know, feel better. Uh, we'll keep trying to do a thing. Shout out to to Mr. First Down or, or Mrs. First Down uh, and, and his family. Hopefully everybody's all right and feel good there. Uh, I know he's probably uh, chasing around the, the twins right now, so hopefully he hasn't pulled all his hair out. Um, it was and uh, shout out to Nick. Have a good time. You know, uh, always always a good time on these shows. I love being on here with you guys. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, we'll have another cruising top five next uh, next Sunday, uh, but. The return of, of you know my 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 regular work schedule starts uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, Dan said that's enough of you um, taking a, a month to move. So uh, <laughs> the Johnny Cruz show will be back tomorrow night, 8 p.m. I'm actually flying solo tomorrow, so I'm gonna be talking about a little bit of everything. Um, I will I will possibly talk on that that whole the whole movies that's going on right now. I'm not gonna mention it right now, but it was a movie we were talking about before the show. So there's gonna be a lot of different stuff on a Johnny Cruz show tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And then Tuesday I'll be on Let's Talk uh Let's Talk New York Yankees with hopefully Dan and um and Rob Logan. And then it's also the return of Let's Talk Miami Dolphins with me and my boy Alex. We'll yeah. be on Tuesday, 8 p.m. So definitely check that out. And then we got a special Scott Cobb show, but I will let Scott talk about that and of course we got all our lts shows next week where we'll be talking about the we got the jim and and, and john jonathan tomorrow and then thursday we'll be talking about the the crappy afc south sorry sam but it's it's facts (laughs) scott what do you got first of all i piggyback on johnny shout out to dan hopefully he's feeling better i got a chance to talk to him for a few minutes yesterday 
through DM and he's uh, he's struggling right now. He said so. Feel better, Dan. Come back on soon um, yeah. as soon as you can. Wednesday night, Scott Cobb show returns out of mothballs. Special yeah. guest Jim Coventry from RotoWire.com. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll be talking fantasy football. Jim is a very knowledgeable guy. He, he watches tapes. He's on the RotoWire.com YouTube channel every day at 11 a.m. talking fantasy. So nice. it will be a, it will be a special special show. Um, John, you'll be there. I'll be there. Tanner will be there God, if you get the chance, and Nick will be there as well. So nice. I, wanted to, I wanted to get the Sunday morning NFL show um, onto that show to talk to oh, Jim. Yeah. So all fantasy, all the time for for pretty close to forty five minutes or so. So uh, it'll nice. be fun. It'll be fun, and I'm trying to get another fantasy person onto the show as well in a couple of weeks, right before the season starts, because that'll be the time. And as Tanner said. Drafts are starting. Football's mm-hmm. in full swing here. Yes, it is. Best time of the year when training camp starts, in my mind. So Christmas in July and August has, has come. And enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. And I'll be watching us. We'll be on, you know, Wednesday nights, uh, Monday nights, Thursday nights, Sundays. So That's right. Oh, uh, Scott, <laughs> did you forget something? Free every show. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. Every the show. baseball show. Sorry, Alan. The baseball show on Tuesday is a trade deadline special where I don't know how many trades are going to happen on Tuesday. I think most of them happened already. So at 4 p.m. Eastern, we will take the air. Myself, Jonathan Grishman, and Alan will take the air and we'll talk about all the trades and the the ripple effects through it. And Jonathan's a great guy to have on the show. He's so knowledgeable. If you don't watch him Monday nights, watch it Tuesdays. But you should be watching Monday nights because Jonathan's great and Jim Berenger is great. Yeah, and hockey season will be starting soon too, so I'm sure Jim's ramping up as well. So it's that time, man. Oh, not far from that at all. No, No, it's uh, awesome. Great time of year, man. Uh, You're gonna have a hard time at your arbitration talks there, Scott, when you try to renew uh, for that. (laughs) Alan's gonna hold it against me. I don't want Alan as my lawyer. (laughs) Arbitration talks with uh, Dan with Dan Harris. So. Nah, it's the good. Yeah. producer, as a matter of fact, that's what we call them now. So. There you go. There you go. Uh, guys, uh, yeah, lots of things happening here. Obviously, you see some adjustments here on the layout. Uh, trying to see what I can do with the uh, stream yard and everything else. But, uh, you know, get ramping up here. We got NFL season coming up here. Enjoy these Sunday chats here as well. Uh, you know, let's talk sports. Uh, doing big things. I got fantasy football after dark starting Tuesday night. Uh, you know, usually after 9 p.m. Central, between 9 and 10 uh, normally. So just make sure you guys hit the bell, subscribe, and follow there. You'll see it on my Twitter. Uh, so excited. That, and basically, all last year was kind of the same thing where, you know, I'll do some mock drafts. We'll do some best balls. But it's 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 a show designed to chat with you, to, to you know, throw stuff off the wall, throw stuff back and forth in the comments, you know, stuff like that. Just chat about fantasy football. Maybe you're concerned about a player. Maybe we pause the draft. And we go look it up and we go see what history we can go see what's going on. Like it's designed just to have some fun, get ready for our big drafts that are happening next month uh, as we go about stuff. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of what it is. So like an hour or so of, of, of mock drafts, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what's going on, but it'll be every night in August and I'm excited for it. So uh, as well as the buffoons, we got great things on the buffoons happening. I uh, went to training camp yesterday with Mike. We got to go in a suite, got kicked out during a rainstorm because there's <laughs> such a disaster of their safety 
protocols there at Northwestern. But uh, next Saturday, we'll be out in the heat, uh, standing outside of the suite this time because uh, we don't have a suite. Uh, but JG's with us this time around. Excited to see some more Ross action there uh, as well. And then, uh, you know, but we, I mean, we got stuff going on the Buffoons channel too. Uh, Mike's going to be ramping up some shows here as well. And I mean, there's, there's a lot more to come. So tune in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you follow because there's tons of stuff coming. Rec Room guys, I'll be back with them on. We'll record on Tuesday night. You'll see that show Wednesday morning. Um, and I mean, there's a bunch of updates happening. So just be ready because there's some good stuff coming. Anyways, guys, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow. Appreciate everybody's support. Alan, appreciate you in the comments. Uh, you know, always appreciate everybody commenting in anytime. So everybody have a fabulous sunday we'll talk to you tomorrow night with jim and jonathan and the show see you guys one life better pop off what do you like make a dream job no nine five no mean boss just my life and free thoughts you could try to play but you're never gonna be me look the other way what i'm doing ain't easy buddy and same from the people who deceive me buddy and break through the chains go free me people like sheep move feet hurt it easy don't wanna be fast asleep when they see me Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me When they try to change, you can say no, free me